everyone, and welcome back to the Sustainable Business Covered podcast. This week, Edie's content editor, Matt Mace, heads back to the green room, the place where leading sustainability professionals strip back some of their corporate armour to discuss their passions, beliefs and hobbies, and how these have impacted their views on corporate sustainability and responsibility. Uh, the last green room episode we focused on was uh, with the brewer AB InBev, and on this occasion we are now mixing our drinks with Pernod Ricard, with well-known brands such as Absolute Vodka, Havana Club, Jameson Whiskey and Beef Eater Gin. So apologies if I do start slurring my words towards the end of this. I'm joined today by the firm's Vice President of Global Sustainability, Vanessa Wright. So Vanessa, uh, thank you so much for joining me today, um, and just to make clear, the only drinks we do have in front of us are water. You are obviously not primarily based in the UK. Have you, have you kind of flown over here today? Whereabouts are you, are you based? Yes, no, I'm based in Paris because our headquarters is in, is in Paris. So all the global functions are, are based, based at the offices uh, just off the uh, Champs-Élysées Avenue, near Avenue Clever. And so, and so what brings you over to the UK today? Is, is it kind of just a, a media day for you? Or? It is, yes. Yeah. Doing some media interviews because we have the launch of our new strategy on the 3rd of April. So it's to do some media interviews. And we'll, um, we'll get on to that new strategy um, in, a, in a bit, but I suppose we'll just start with getting to grips with, with Pano um, Ricardo and your role there, because it's, from what I've, from what I've read, you, there's uh, 18,500 direct employees, there's 86 uh, direct affiliates worldwide and 96 production sites that are represented on pretty much every continent. Um, so very, very global in scope, as I'm sure our listeners will be aware. But how, how hard does that make your job to embed sustainability? Well, it is a major challenge, obviously, for the business. We have actually over 300 brands. All those statistics you gave are absolutely correct, but over 300 brands. Um, there are some brands that are obviously the, uh, the strategic brands, um, which are the 50 top brands, some of the brands you mentioned, Absolute and, and Jameson. Um, we, have, we, we basically have uh, brands in every single of the main categories, from Scotch whiskey to gin to vodka, etc. Um, so we're very decentralised as well. The business is run in a very decentralised way. So that gives an even greater challenge to, to something like sustainability, where you're trying to make sure that you have a level of consistency um, and, and coherence across the business. So um, it's, it's been a very interesting challenge. I started in this job uh, just about 16 months ago. Um, so it's been a very interesting challenge to get to, to, get to groups with. And in, in terms of the in, internal makeup at Pine Ricard then, so you obviously kind of sit quite up on the sustainability team, but I'm, I'm of the impression they're also kind of heads of sustainability at some of those leading brands as well. So like Chibas Brothers will have on Malibu. So how does so our how does that make we have work? a we have a core team at the headquarters, yeah. but we also have a representative for sustainability in every single one of our eighty six affiliates um, that uh, are responsible for the for the brands in that country or for the the affiliate because some of them are just a sales and, uh, sales and marketing mm. uh, part of the business. So there's a, there's a whole global network. Um, of people responsible for sustainability. Of course, sustainability is such a broad topic that mm. we have all the, the headquarters experts as well, uh, people in the, you know, responsible for the environmental part, for the human rights part, for the public affairs piece around responsible consumption. So there's a lot of different experts covering different subjects as well. So I guess our role um, in the sustainability team is really as the conductor and I suppose the agitator to pull together the global uh, strategy. And then so, and, and for you then, what are those kind of big areas of, of focus? I imagine for a, for um, a massive drink so like yourself, a lot of it's going to be on about the the resources that you use around the world. 
Um, it is about the resources, but it's how we structure the strategy as well. Mm. And you know, sustainability is nothing new for us at Perno Rico. You know, actually, we're we're uh, very lucky, I guess, in our history. Paul Rico was an extraordinary philanthropist, and he really built this the business based on social care and responsibility. So it's not new for us. Um, what's new for us? Uh, today is really building on what's already been done and, and making sure that we have the right resources in the right places to deliver a, a new strategy for the future. And that new strategy, um, is because you mentioned what you, you've done and it's it's quite in, impressive. Um, so across those, those brands, it covers obviously responsible drinking, employee engagement, environmental protection, community engagement. Um, you recorded um, 20% reduction in, in water per unit and I think at least a 30% reduction in, uh, in emissions. And, and yeah, yeah and uh, right. so those were up against the 2020 yeah. uh, timeframe. So, so I think what the difference is, is what we, what we had was a very strong environmental, 2020 environmental mm. roadmap, um, which was really driven by the sustainable performance team within the business and obviously across all our affiliates. So the difference with the new strategy is it's a strategy that really touches every part of our business. If you like, it's taking it much more from grain to glass. Um, so it's fully integrated into the business strategy. It's every part of the life cycle of the business and it involves every part of the business, every affiliate. So what we're seeking to do is make sure that we have one very, very clear uh, direction, one very cohesive and very consistent strategy for the future, which broadly now will, will fall into four parts, which we can talk about later. Okay, great stuff. And you, you mentioned so you're almost two years into, into the current role, um, Vice President for Global Sustainability. So uh, at what point did uh, you and, and the team in Pernary Card start looking towards new goals? Was it as soon as, um, as soon as you came on board? Was it like, okay, we've got this deadline, it's two years away, that's going to come around very quickly? Well, I was very excited when I was uh, offered this job, actually. My background is, in fact, communication. Yes, I've been with Pernary yeah. got 23 years, different communication roles. And I was very excited about the prospects of this. Very excited because I think we've reached an inflection point in, in the fantastic work that we've already done. There's great examples of work that's been done across different com companies and the brands. Um, and I think we've reached this fantastic point of evolution for the strategy. So it was a very exciting time to join and think about, OK, what can the vision for the future be? And I think it's really not about little steps forward for us, but some, some really big steps forward into the future into much wider, broader strategy. And, and how um, has that comms background assisted a lot, of the, um, a lot of the problems that we've seen with traditional sustainability professionals and brands is, is being able to actually communicate the progress they're doing. So has that helped you or...? Well, listen, both the, you have to have both those pieces. I think it's, it's hugely important that your strategy is, is credible, that it's technical, that it's you know, really linked to the material issues of the business. But I think it's also very important that it's understood by everyone. And I think I, I would hope that having a communication background, one of those um, pluses is that actually in terms of explaining it, particularly to our employees, you know, we have, as you mentioned, 18,500 employees. And uh, you know they're all ambassadors of the business. They're all very passionate about sustainability. Um, so to get everyone behind it and understanding what we're trying to do and what we're trying to achieve, I think is absolutely fundamental. Okay, and and in terms of when you so when you came in from the from the comms role to the, to the sustainability aspect, how in tune were you with the with the ongoing strategy and and what have you learned so far in those two years? Yeah, no, well I could see that a lot of great work had been done. There's no question about that. A lot of fantastic work. Uh, by all the teams globally, um, I think it's back to the point about you know a broader strategy that's that's 
you know, uh, consistent everywhere and touching all the different parts of our business. So I think one of the things uh, for me that was really, really clear was that, um, you know, terroir, agriculture, nature is so important for our business. It's really where everything starts. And perhaps that we hadn't been, you know, emphasising that enough within our business. And another personal level, when you kind of came into the Stamage role and more in tune with the strategy are there any are there any areas on a personal level that really resonate with you and you're really interested in in driving progress towards i would say all of them yeah actually i'm a diver i'm a scuba diver Mm -hmm. i've been diving for many years and i'm very passionate about it and i've i've seen for myself what's changed within within the sea and i I understand the impact of, of, of climate change and and human behavior on on the ocean um, and the, the impact that that's had then on, 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 on everywhere else too. So for me, I'm very passionate about that. And actually, I think, you know, just passionate to really make a difference, to build something that's a legacy for the next generation. At Puerto Rico, we talk about being created a conviviality. That's our vision. And for me, you know, you can't be a created a conviviality if you're not sharing, if you're not doing that with others, if you're not respecting um, you know, we also talk about being passionate hosts and respectful guests within the context of this new strategy, and I think that's really important because you're we're passionate hosts in terms of you know how we're convivial, but actually we're respectful guests and recognising that we're only guests on this planet. So how are we going to make sure that we you know minimise our impact or better still give back more than we take? So I think it's a, a really important time for be, to be building that legacy of conviviality for the next generation, if you like. Yeah, I read a few of your, um, there's a few of your LinkedIn blog posts from, from last year and one of them is about the, uh, that you're a diver and that's how you kind of um, found your passion for it. But I feel <clears throat> that kind of area, oceans and sustainability has really jumped in the last probably 12 months, m- mainly driven by plastics, but we've now got like, the World Ocean Summit's been covered, been covered like nationally as well. It, it feels like a, a great time to be in sustainability, but perhaps for the wrong reasons, if you trying to get what I'm saying there, like people are aware of the issues and sustainability is becoming much more of a um, a focal point. Perhaps the sustainability team are becoming the spokespeople, representatives for companies as well. Does that does that bring on some new um, skills and requirements for the team? Or I think so, totally, and for myself too. So I'm learning. But just back to the ocean point, you know, Perno Ricard, we have an oceanography institute that was created 50 years ago by, by Paul Ricard. Okay. So it's something that's really deeply in our DNA and history, um, and that's run by uh, Patricia Ricard, uh, who's, who's a, the granddaughter of, uh, of Paul Ricard. And they're doing tremendous work on really, you know, helping to, to see how they can improve the quality of, of the ocean and some of the issues around the ocean. So, sorry, I just wanted to to add that um, yes I think it does I think there are you know I think there are different skill sets I think it's you know it's still a re- reasonably immature discipline so I think everybody's learning I think everybody's learning at the same time and I think there's no absolutely right or wrong way to do things there's no exact way to structure their team there's no exact way to build your strategy so I think everybody's learning at the same time and trying to find the best way of doing it and the best way that fits uh, your, your own business for the future and have you benefited from the fact that Pernod Ricard has obviously that, it's got that family value aspect of it? Um, you mentioned, was it Pauline you mentioned? I know um, it's Sandrine Ricard's now in the sustainability team at Chivas Brothers as yes, well. Yes, and obviously yeah. our CEO is, is Alexander yeah. Ricard, who's a, a grandson of, of the founder too. Absolutely, because I think, you know, 
one of the things about sustainability is it's about building business resilience, it's about building value, shared value for the long term. And, you know, actually, if you have a CEO whose who's name is on the door and is part of the family, then clearly they're thinking, you know, long term for the business. Um, and, and one could say that perhaps that's some issues for other businesses and even governments that, you know, people are thinking too short term and then things don't have the longevity around them. And so is that is that a real aim of Plenary Car now is, is to... Not to say that you went before, but really catch that long-term thinking with, with the new strategy. No, I think we had the long-term thinking before because we had a t- the 2020 mm. uh, roadmap. Obviously, we're just building that, as I said, for the for the future. So, no, and, and you know, we're, we're very fortunate. The management team is absolutely committed and really strongly uh, behind sustainability for the future. They recognise the, the value that brings. You know, we're a consumer-centric business, and it's very, very obvious that, that that's what consumers are demanding increasingly. They're saying, you know, I want brands that are doing that, that, of course, brands have to make a profit, but I want to see that they're doing social or environmental good as well. Uh, similarly for, for talent attraction, you know, the younger generation mm-hmm. don't want to work for businesses that, that are purely in it for themselves. They want to feel that they're contributing something. Same for investors as well. I mean, we've seen the, the, the letter from the CEO of BlackRock that's saying, actually, you know, businesses now need to make a, a social contribution. So, you know... So sustainability has always been there, but it's even more so that the time is now, I think. Um, and so, and on that, yeah, there's, there's definitely more pressing examples of different stakeholders wanting that information. And that's not to say that companies as a whole weren't doing stuff before, but I think it probably comes back to that comms aspect of it. They're having to be get much more um, vocal in, in what they're doing, would you say? Yes, no, I absolutely agree. And as I said, brands, you know, brands like Absolute, for example, for us, have always have that philosophy deeply embedded in, in the brand. You know, they they take a really circular approach to the way that they make their product. In all their communication, they talk they talk about one source. They talk about the fact that the ingredients come uh, from from locally. You know, it's a carbon neutral distillery. Mm-hmm. You know, all the work that they've been doing it. Is in that direction. It's been part. It's been part of what they believe. But they also recognise that that's really powerful, important for the consumer. You know, consumers uh, are demanding that from companies and business. They want, I think, brands to help them be able to do to to do good. So we've we've got an event that's coming up soon. It's called Engage. It's all around um, reporting and and communication. So it's it's been front and centre of my mind for a few weeks. I've been doing a load of work on it basically. So um, I'd be quite interested to get your your thoughts on that that eighteen um, and a half thousand staff force. You know, you, you mentioned there there's a sense of pride and that they increasingly want to work for companies like Pony Regard. But how how do you um, communicate with them? Stuff like you just mentioned, like the absolute bulk of the carbon brewery. Do they um, do they want to know about that? Do they need to know about that? Do they and and then what do they do with that information? How do you how do you communicate? I would it? say more and more, but again, it's been deeply part of our history, as I said. But one thing that we've been doing is something called Responsible Day, which actually we've done that for the last ten years, um, and that's a day where all Pernery Car employees stop working on one day and do something within the local community. And before, uh, that was mainly around responsible consumption, mm. which is clearly hugely important for us. But more recently, we've done that linked with, with the sustainable United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Um, and, you know, employees love to do that. They love, you know, to, to, to feel involved in this day where they're making a difference within their local communities. Um, for a lot of our affiliates as well, it doesn't stop there. It's not just... 
uh, one day. For example, here in the UK, they have a, a, a sort of a mentoring program where they help uh, mentor people in the local communities and with business ideas. So, you know, a lot of them continue that, that spirit of volunteering and different activities um, throughout the year. So there's a, there's a lot of activity that people are, are doing already. Yeah, so was it last year that it was life, SDG 15 Life on Land and SDG 6 Clean Water? Exactly, and yes. So, so yes. is a plan to kind of revolve the SDGs that are most material to Panerikar? Yes, absolutely, and linked with the new strategy. So f- for this year it will be slightly different. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, because when we, we spoke to um, Sandrine, from, she had just gone into the head of sustainability role at Chivas Brothers, um, and, and she kind of claimed that the company was on this big alignment um, quest with the SDGs, and which is very needed, I'd say. <clears throat> um, only 10 years left to kind of realise those goals, but seems extremely complex to even begin trying to to, to map how how long how long has Pernod Ricard been on been looking at the SDGs and, and we've, reviewing we've them? we've linked with the SDGs for a number of years mm. now and I'd like to say we're really proud actually we were recognised as one of the lead mm. uh, companies by UN Global Compact this year the only drinks company to be recognised so we're very proud of that uh, for the work that we've been doing in, in you know progressing and supporting the SDGs the new strategy uh, is is absolutely linked. Uh, to the to the SDGs, and we will have within uh, the roadmaps of of each of those uh, different targets linked with the SDGs. So it's really built around the SDGs as well, our new strategy. And for for anyone that's um, kind of listening at home who who is a sustainability professional at a, a probably a smaller company, in in fairness, and they're they're on they want to get involved with the SDGs, but the it's what 17 goals 169 underlying targets what advice would you give them to just to start their journey towards listen i think people can take a different approach some people have said okay we're going to address all 17 Mm. some have said no we're going to address one or two i think it depends on the same scale and size of the business Uh, for us we know that our business will touch probably about 14 but actually we will focus much more strongly on eight we'll focus we have four key pillars of our new strategy and each of those will focus very very closely on on two for each pillar so i think for them i would say you know it's it's probably it's easier to actually if you're a smaller business to to focus on a couple and really mm. make a difference against those rather than trying to touch everything and having little or no impact as you said there aren't that there aren't that many years left so if we really want to help you know align and support this world's to-do list i think we need to be a bit focused and and i mean you mentioned you the only drinks company reckon, uh, recognized by the un uh, global compact um collaboration is obviously a big theme around the goal so how how uh, how ricard working with the wider industry to to ensure that um your ability to act on the goals isn't just done in in isolation um, partnerships hugely important um, with the new strategy obviously we're looking to see what new partners with partnerships we're going to build to help achieve our 2030 goals uh, because they're, they're big ambitious goals and we know that we can't do them alone um, and all of that is obviously linked with the with the SDGs too to try and see which partners we can work with to try and uh, improve and, and collaborate and, and win together I would say and Again, just going back to your, your comms background, have the SDGs just been a, a kind of almost a breath of fresh air in terms of how you can perhaps um, not necessarily get bored and buying, but just relay a sustainability message to any kind of stakeholder? The SDGs 
I would have thought would have been quite a nice framework to, to present that in as a conversation. Yeah, no, I think they are, and even visually, to be perfectly yeah. honest, because they're, they're quite appealing and you can, you know, you can use them to help uh, paint a picture of, of what you're trying to do. So I think they're very powerful, I think they're very strong. Um, you know, is it all going fast enough? I'm, I'm not enough of an expert to, to, to say that. But I think, yes, that from a communications point of view, I think it gives a very strong global framework and a, and, and, uh, a cause that, that everyone can be part of, which is a greater cause than just oneself. So I think it, it, you know, we can all be part of a greater movement. You must have come into the VP role at um, Pony Ricard about a, a year into the SDGs when they, since they were announced, was it? Or? No, 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 because I've only been there at 16 months, so they've been, no, been a lot, been years already, so, because it was 2015. Okay, so we're about two, two yeah. years, okay. Um, so have you, have you seen the, the kind of wider narrative around the SDGs? Evolve as, as the deadline leaves closer and more companies and more um, I think what I'm seeing is more companies talking about them and I'm seeing definitely more companies associating them with sales on their websites and but how much action people are really taking mm. I think it's difficult to tell and that's why for one reason for us you know we were very clear and we had a lot of discussion about which were the, you know, the most relevant and credible for our business because I think you know, in building a new strategy what you have to make sure you're doing is that you're credible in the, in the topics that you're choosing to talk about you know they have, you have to be able to add real value to them. Yeah no I, I, um, I certainly uh, agree with that and I just want to go back to the, um, the employee engagement aspect of it are there, are there any kind of um, ways you mentioned they're responsible all day um, and you encourage them to not just make sure it lasts one day but are there any other kind of communication devices you use is it as a kind of meetings how much access do they have to the sustainability story that kind of I mean, we've obviously been doing a lot already in terms of communication both internally and externally but and and we've, and we've had things like the wise drinking app for example around responsible consumption mm. to help educate all the employees about you know how to drink we have a lot of training courses and things like that internally uh, we have a lot of different activities but i think also the the new strategy which will be launched very soon gives us a new opportunity to sort of kick start as well a new engagement campaign for all our employees to help them understand about the new the new strategy which is broadly in four pieces which is around uh, our terroir, which is our, which is our land, mm-hmm. uh, because all our products obviously come from agriculture yeah. and from, from nature. And also at Perno Recar, there's this kind of magic around our products, honestly, because they're all really deeply rooted and linked to the land where they come from. Mm. If you think about Jameson, it is Ireland. You know, at Recar, it's France. Havana Club, it's Cuba, absolutely, Sweden. You know, Scotch whiskey, um, shivers from, from Scotland. So they're all really deeply rooted in the, in the terroir and land, so it's huge important that we protect and nurture that uh, for, for the future then of course is the, the people it's our people internally you know how we develop and, and, and respect people both internally and throughout our supply chain um, then there's how we make our product you know how do we make sure that we're, we're trying to be as circular as possible in terms of you know minimizing our impact on the environment and then of course the fourth piece is around responsible consumption of mar- responsible consumption of marketing the uh, the terroir apologies I've absolutely butchered that I was never any good at um, at French but the, the terroir <laughs> aspect of it must must be quite a um, a challenge for sustainability I mean in regards to operations it can be quite easy to um, in, take a few blanket approaches to stuff around energy efficiency um, and low carbon generation what works for one facility tend to work for another one in another location but actually 
um, interacting with the land and the communities is very so much from region to region. All those countries you mentioned will all have a different um, relationship and need around those natural resources, especially kind of water um, and, and land use. So uh, does that does that add to the challenge for the sustainability yeah, strategy? Yeah, of course, because uh, exactly as you said, the challenges are different. So all the places where we're sourcing our natural ingredients from, whether they're in our own terroirs, because we own some of our own, of course, especially within the the uh, vineyards and, and cognac, but also we have uh, terroirs that you know we're, we're taking natural ingredients on from we don't know. And yes, the challenges are different. So you know, one of the things that we're looking to do for the future is really see how we can make sure that wherever we're taking those natural ingredients from, there is a really strong sustainability plan in that area to address the most pressing sustainability issues, whether that's water or whether that's you know pesticide use or whatever that issue may be. Um, another thing that's really, really important for us going forward is around biodiversity. Okay, yeah. uh, we see, but you know, we we all know that that's a, a really important topic globally, and uh, you know, the the whole notion of conviviality, sharing biodiversity for us is really strong, and we want to make sure that all of our affiliates have a very strong biodiversity uh, project in in all of our eighty six affiliates, so that we're identifying what is the most you know, important biodiversity issue in that place and, and helping to address that for the future. Yeah, biodiversity seems to be something, in my opinion, that's only just started to get picked up as in terms of sustainability. I think everyone knows the need for biodiversity and kind of environmental restoration, but it seems to have been a bit neglected. Maybe it wasn't as, I don't know, sexy, I suppose, for lack of a word around, compared to... Um, <clears throat> stuff like reducing carbon emissions asset but the fact that the UK um, the Chancellor just announced a huge kind of review into it natural capital is um, is really yeah. starting to pick up so it seems like that's just a another way to to not just improve on, on climate impacts but to, to engage with increasingly engaged consumers totally and I think you know the, the link with some, um, some of the things we, we've been doing some amazing things uh, in relation to biodiversity you know restoring wetlands uh, for example in in uh, in New Zealand, we've been restoring some wetlands. We've been replanting, um, we've replanted like ten thousand plant different okay. plant varieties, and as native plant varieties. And as a result, what that's doing is that's bringing back all the natural wildlife mm. that hasn't existed for many years, which of course then improves the whole ecosystem and the quality of the soil, etc. So, yeah, similarly in somewhere like Brancourt Estate, which is one of our wine brands, we have a, a long-standing uh, project that's been running since two thousand and ten uh, to reintroduce falcon actually okay. which is a really really rare um, bird in fact it's it's uh, I think it's rarer than the um, it's an, it's rarer than the kiwi and it's really an endangered bird of prey so we've got a big volunteering project that's done with them but actually that helps us in our vineyards too because those birds help to make sure that some of the pest birds then are kept away from the vineyards so actually it's using nature in the you know in a, in a very strong way for the future to help improve uh, the quality of, of what we're doing within our within our vineyards and on our own terroirs. Brilliant. And in terms of the the consumer aspect, obviously they just the wider population in general so much more aware around certain sustainability issues. Um, anyway, uh, this might be me perhaps being a bit stereotypical, but when I imagine um, someone. Um, drinking some absolute vodka, for example, or, or enjoying like a, a James whiskey. I, I don't necessarily imagine them wondering about the kind of CSR aspects of it. I kind of imagine a lot of people on a night out um, or at a party. So, 
that's not to say that your your customers aren't engaged with sustainability, but but has that level increased? Are you getting more kind of questions and queries from from consumers about the the environmental aspects of your of your company? Look, I think that um, there are different statistics everywhere you look that say consumers say they buy more if it's yeah. this or if it was that. I think, you know, consumers um, on this subject would never say that they're not going to buy more mm. or that they're not going to recycle because they just wouldn't say that. But I think overall there, there definitely seems to be uh, a move by consumers to say, you know, yes, we, we want products that are showing that they're, you know, making a difference in, in one way or another. Um, you know, as I, as I referenced before with Absolute, for example, we know that, you know, consumers feel very strongly um, a strong bond towards the Absolute brand because of a lot of the work that they're doing in, around uh, social responsibility. Um, another brand of ours which is making um, strong progress and that is Kahlua. Uh, Kahlua has, has built and is starting to work directly with coffee communities in Mexico okay. um, and it's called Coffee for Change. So they're doing that with 80 uh, families at the moment but once that's scaled up that will be something like 500 families and then 100% of the coffee of Kahlua will be sustainably sourced. Um, and that's a very strong story to tell around the brand as well which is very engaging for the, for the consumers. And circular economy is a, a big aspect of the new strategy, as you mentioned, um, and that's a kind of the golden gateway in terms of consumer engagement, certainly around plastics. I know, Pam Ricard, you're a signature of the uh, Ellen MacArthur Foundation's new plastic economy initiative. Um, you've kind of implemented um, straw bans as well, but what, yes. how, how big an impact is, is plastics for, for your company? Well, I mean, clearly we're more glass. Yeah. So ninety-nine percent of our uh, of our packaging is recycled, recyclable, um, because it's glass. But still, there is the one percent. So that's why, for us, the Ellen MacArthur Foundation was was very interesting for us to uh, discuss and work with others to see how we can even eliminate that one percent for the future. Um, and the plan with the Ellen MacArthur Foundation is for for twenty twenty five. We also have very strong ambitions around packaging, around promotional material uh, for the future. We also uh, believe that there's a, you know, a strong opportunity, and I think that's a, a word I haven't used yet so much, but I think you know, sustainability presents a very strong opportunity for the future in terms of innovation and business resilience and development, etc. So there's a very strong opportunity for us to say, okay, how are we distributing our products at the moment? You know, we're distributing them in, bo- in glass bottles. Does it always need to be in glass bottles? Mm. How can we distribute those for the future? So that's one of the things that we want to look at to see how we can you know, package or, or distribute our products in a different way. Um, and similarly, um, you know, how can we help to ensure that they're recycled? You know, there's, there are some very low recycling rates in some countries which are quite surprising, like, like Canada and the US, for example. You know, how can we really contribute and help to rethink um, you know, business models around recycling and, and distribution of our products? Yeah, I was, I was going to ask, as a company with such a huge global footprint and, and um, a kind of presence in so many different countries, the the sustainability story for each country just must be so completely different, like one one to another, where something that isn't so like plastic, so it's not a massive perhaps material issue for you in a in a perhaps a developing country where the infrastructure is really bad, actually is is a real key issue for the people around there. So it must take a lot of um, kind of two way conversations between 
the, the same team and people on the ground to decide actually this is material to us. Yeah, as I said, we're very decentralised, so we take we have to take a very pragmatic approach. The new strategy gives a very very strong framework and strong guidance for you know where we want the business to go because we want everyone to be travelling in the same direction. Uh, but we recognise that exactly as you say, issues are issues are very different. We know, for example, in India that water is a major issue. I mean, I visited myself in December. And it was just extraordinary to see all the work that they're doing around replenishing all the water supplies, building reservoirs and putting water back down into the water table. Uh, they're also making sure in the communities uh, where they're operating, where we have big facilities. Um, again, I saw for myself, you know, we've put in place some water ATMs so that we can give water to the communities. Okay. So water is a big issue in India. So, you know, that that's what they're doing to address it so and they've they've um, I think they've reduced uh, their water consumption by 36 percent since 2010 so they're making really strong progress on on the topic of water and I wanted to touch on um, another one of those blog posts that you you published um, probably around 11 or so months ago on, on, on LinkedIn I thought they're really good by the way they kind of um really succinct and then actually had a lot of good advice and, and one was about the Pernod Ricard's Youth um, Action Council. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, was, I was really uh, interested in that so you, they went along to the the One Young World Conference uh, which you described as uh, Davos for young adults which I thought was quite nice. Um, that's a kind of real niche area um, from what I've seen from sustainable businesses is that ability to um, inspire and mobilize the next kind of generation of sustainability this so I'd, I'd love to learn a bit more about the the council and what, what that entails no i think it's fundamental the council is going a few years now and they put themselves forward for nomination and it's their colleagues that vote for them and then they have a two-year stint um, and they each then have an area of expertise but actually uh, they've all really got a, a sustainability um, very strong sustainability role so there's there's um, ten of them um, and they 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 what what we're seeking for them to do or what they want to do is challenge the business actually to say you know this is the younger person's thought on a business across the business on all, a whole uh, array of different subjects um, but certainly sustainability is one of them and really challenges and say come on really do you think that's going far enough mm. is that enough have you considered to do it like this instead um, and they've had some great ideas for example one of them said to me recently with the responsible party that we do we do a uh, um, something that we've been running for over 10 years with Erasmus students globally uh, called Responsible Party. It's a peer-to-peer um, initiative whereby we organise these, these parties to help young people understand you know, about responsible consumption. Um, and it's a fantastic, we've reached over 400,000 people in that period of time in 32 countries and we're looking to expand that um, beyond Europe, beyond Erasmus. Um, so one of them came to me and said, actually, why, why don't we do those parties at, at, at events like One Young World? Why don't we expand that into other areas rather than just doing it ourselves? So they're, you know, they're challenging the business to think about it. Um, and as I said, you know, if we're talking about being creative to conviviality, how do we build those creative to conviviality mm. for the next 
to the next generation because these are the, the people that are much more conscious, I think, of these topics than, than a lot of people who have been in our business perhaps a longer time. And so, so they're, they're, they're internal, they're all staff at, at Pony Regard, yes, or are they yes, external? No, okay. They're all staff, they're all from different functions, they're all from different parts of the world. The person that represents sustainability, he, um, he's actually based in Mozambique. Okay. He's, he's half Irish, half Mozambique. Um, so they, they, they have a really global perspective and they come up with great ideas of you know job swaps and things like mm. this. It's, it's really challenging and they come back to the business and challenge the business on different ideas. Yeah, no, I'm challenging this because we I've I've interested. Sorry, with them. sorry, apologies. One other thing that they've done is they they really um, pushed very strongly the green office challenge. So challenging all our businesses around the world to see how they can be the most green office, giving hints and tips, mm. and then running this competition, and the winner gets to go to one of the sustainable sites that we have. Yeah, competition's always been a kind of a good, yeah, good way. We're, we're trying to do it internally at um, Fabulous House, the publishing company I'm at, and it's, it's early days, yeah, we're much smaller, obviously, but um, we haven't quite managed to mobilise that level of competition. Um, but, yeah, on, on the Youth Action Council, um, I've seen a few external ones where companies will reach out to um, students, or, or etc., and, and I think a few of the the challenges around that is is the fact that that council will present these ideas, but it won't necessarily get her within the business. So how how the Pony card kind of um, motivate that that youth um, action council mm-hmm. to actually provide solutions that then they the the board listen to and go yes actually we'll we'll do that. Yeah, they, they kind of self-regulate themselves to, and to, to, to discuss and come up with ideas, but then they come back and they present them. They present them to our CEO, mm. to Alexandrika, and to the senior management team. So there's an ongoing discussion with them about you know what ideas that they come forward with. Sometimes they come with too many, so it's okay, let's... Let's try and build on the ones mm. that we've already done because if you've got new people every two years, we need to make sure that they're not of course, just yeah. reinventing the wheel every time and building on the thing. But no, they've they've uh, they come uh, come and have those discussions with the senior management, and some of those ideas are said yes, okay, let's take it forward, uh, like the one with the the jobs mm. that I talked about. That that one was uh, taken forward, and then and the green office, and then some of the others, you know, don't move forward. It's incredibly important, isn't it, the, the equipping the, um, the next generation, I suppose, of sustainability, and, and not just sustainability in the case of Panera Card, but with, the, um, just with a load of different tools in, in the workplace to be able to, to do that, isn't it? Yes, and as I said, also around you know, the subject of responsible consumption, you know, to be in, in the mindset of the younger generation about how we can help to get those messages across mm. for the future really strongly. I'd be quite interested to get your thoughts in on the uh, the ongoing climate um, strikes amongst the school children that are taking place around around the world. It seems to have um, been a real kind of domino effect, a little ripple that's kind of created this wave of um, momentum. But it's 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 making it's making like governments and businesses all, all stand up. Do you, do you think there's a I'd like to get your thoughts on it first. Whether you think it, um, what what impact you think it could have? Look, I think it shows what's in the minds of the of the younger generation. I mean, you know, um, I'm sure some of them probably want a day off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, no, no, no. Some school age children. But I think no. Quite seriously, I think it really shows what's in their minds. It shows that mm-hmm. they're really conscious. They're concerned. I mean, I was somewhere recently with a friend. Honestly, true story. And their five-year-old son was there, and someone came along with a drink with a straw in it, and he looked at it, and he pulled it out, and he chucked it on the table, and his mother said, why did you do that? He said, because they go in the noses of turtles. 
I mean, they're, they're aware of all these things. I mean, I'm sure that the David Attenborough mm. Blue Planet series has really, you know, brought, uh, helped bring that to the forefront. But they're really aware. And they'll, I, I think, you know, increasingly they'll just be intolerant. They'll, they'll, they won't want to go to the supermarket and have, you know, plastic wrapped around or, you know, a single avocado. I mean, they, they'll... It's already happening. Mm. You know, as consumers, we're already. I don't know about you. I mean, I'm changing the way I behave at home. I'm changing the way I do things. I'm changing the cars I drive. I'm changing, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's not just because it's in. The, it's the job I'm in. It's because I, I genuinely see that we all need to to start changing our behaviours. And and if as a as a consumer centric business with really big global brands. Uh, we can really help to do that through our through our brands and the activities of our brands. Um, you know, I think uh, we can take some big strides forward. And how how quick does that action have to to be? I mean, it perhaps is it is quite easy for perhaps a uh, a CEO of of a company um, to to look at the school children strikes and be well. Then they're not going to be our workforce, our customers for another X Y Z years. Um, so we can be a bit slow in the transition. That's obviously not the right mindset, but but some might have that. No, because I think the mindset now is that. I mean, even even some of the the students that you interview to come to into the business now, they're asking these questions when they come for an interview. You know, what what is the business doing around sustainability? Mm. How serious is the business? Are people really committed to it? How can I get involved? And I think that's been one of the things that's been really. Um, exciting and expiring about you know starting to talk to roll out this new strategy that everywhere you go I have people afterwards come and say great how can I get involved what can I do what do you want me to do and I think that's the important aspect of the engagement next you know trying to help people understand what they can do to contribute to to the strategy for the future um, and and I think we've you know we've got an, a really exciting ambitious strategy so we need all our employees to, to be behind that to, to help us achieve it. Okay, Vanessa, and I suppose then my last question would be just heading back to that, that strategy then. What, what is uh, on the horizon for, for you and Pernarico over the next 12 months? So obviously the, the focus over this period of time has been working with all the experts across the business and actually in building this strategy we consulted hundreds of people within mm. the organisation. So this, is, this isn't... You know, me sitting here with with our strategy yeah. is actually it's owned by everyone in the business. So that was that piece of it, and it's it's been very important to do that. Um, yes, the next part, of course, is that we're launching the strategy, and then I really think it's about engaging the business. It's about working with all our partners and all our stakeholders because we know that we won't achieve the strategy by ourselves. Um, it has to be in partnership with others. It has to be you know that we're creating shared value together. I think it's about making sure that we have the right governance in place. To, to deliver it because it's all good and well having a strategy but if we don't have the right structure or the right resources in order to be able to do that um, and really I think you know galvanizing this this massive m- momentum uh, but I really think that's not going to be a challenging thing to do internally within Pernod Ricard because I, I think uh, you know all our employees are really inspired they know that this is part of us this is part of Pernod Ricard already so it's not something new for us it's just some of the elements might be slightly different. When I was doing my uh, my research, I, I noticed that the sustainability report was part of the annual report. There was, um, I can't remember how many pages, um, and obviously you've got the standalone We're aspects on, on the site, but um, every, everyone's talking about like integrated um, reporting and, and posting sustainability alongside kind of Will financial it? assets. But you see, you're one of the few companies I've actually seen that, that 
seem to have done it quite seamlessly. Because it's not separate from the business. Mm. I mean, you know, actually our, our job, as I said, is, is really as conductors, but, you know, the sustainability strategy has to and must sit at the heart of our business. You know, we have, we have a, a strategy at the moment, transform and accelerate. This is just part of it. It, it just sits at the heart of it. And, it's, and it should be, you know, helping us to drive business growth, business value, opportunity, innovation. You know, I think the days when sustainability was seen as a kind of a, oh God, I've got to do it, are gone. I mean, you know, it shouldn't be the case. It's, it's, it, it's to add real business value. I think that's a, a really nice note to, to end on actually, a nice um, soundbite that a lot of our listeners can probably use in their own workings as well. Um, Vanessa, thank you so much for your time today, it's been a really um, fascinating chat, I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Very much so, thank you. A reminder to everyone tuning in and listening that these podcasts, they can be uh, listened to via the ED website um, by searching Sustainable Business Covered um, and they're also available on iTunes and Spotify. But until next time, it's goodbye. Goodbye.